for today. So, whoops. Okay. All right, let me, uh, let me open in prayer. Father God, we love you so, so much. And that is uh, significant um, as a body. Father, the, the depth of that um, prayer, our hearts, and bell up. It's this deep, deep ape for us. Father, the aha, aha of you in us is uh, beyond words. Father, I thank you for this uh, focused study of grace and disciplines. It always guide our discussion, all that we say. And other than what we do. Amen. Okay, here, uh, here's the objectives for today. What I wanted to do is I wanted to, uh, I'll just rip through if I could. Um, I have, so I have the other PowerPoint up to kind of just up and go and segue to my next have to get through part two today. That said, is because as we kind of look ahead, and that will be how I end today, hopefully, is that I wanted two weeks sort of a, a big picture overview of uh, disciplines, spiritual discipline, not necessarily within the context, but that we would formulate um, I, understandings to this, this, not only the passage or this call of pursue godliness, but just how do we understand to be what a spiritual discipline is, to understand some, so, uh, some of the considerations uh, more focused. And then, beginning next week, is that I would like to engage us in specifically uh, what I'll refer to as a practicum approach. So, you know what a practicum is? Practicum is like graduate level, right? Uh, so we want to move up. We've had a very good uh, overview of prayer and the word that it church over the past. We want to go deeper. into. And so the approach that I would have is that I'm going to take about six weeks, uh, approximately, and take, I just want to take like uh, segments of these plus practicum types of study, application, in specific. For example, topic that I would like this to go to would, so contemplation can go, just that alone, it's, it's contemplation as contemplation of God, you know. So those are some of the things, and what we would do is we kind of would study it, understanding what that means, give it, and then a prayer as an example, is sort of what was, what was framed up in, in prayer uh, in our time as corporately, sort of the how-tos and some a lot of the, the core foundational things about prayer. But I wanted to get specifically like into looking at very specific God-given examples and templates other than the Lord's Prayer, uh, it's intercessory prayer. Kind of going through some and then break it into time of study it and then how you could frame this up. Whether it's how I would do it or how we would do it. Just giving you some things to, like, what would be some of the questions to ask yourself as you go through and study? So that would be the practicum piece of this, a little bit more in depth. That's sort of the, uh, just a snapshot of how we'll, we'll do that. Because it's, we could not, you realize that. I couldn't, you can't do that in six weeks. Can't, it's no, there's no end to this. But it, the goal would be is, is that I would at least be able to provide, if I were to, to it's, uh, drop into the some of the three primary spiritual disciplines as we at the surface with, with the word prayer and worship, and then sorry. Prayer in that fellowship, and I, I so I, I so appreciated this how we started off with this statement by James. You know, we're, you're going to find. Um, both those in, in script, but also 
people have spent tidings, arts, you come to, and Chambers was one of those, is one of those that I just keep getting pressed. It's, uh, I can keep reading the same day, and it, it keeps up of it, just the fact that, that, that this pursuit of godliness just doesn't stop. And yet, God has given us this spirit of power and love in the discipline. Is this a capacity that us in this path, lead us in, in our lives? Today I want to sort of dig deeper in this terminology of back up, what we talked about. There, I'm going to go rather quickly through these. This is what we covered last week. Our intimacy with God is so we framed up this tripod of the desire for God in devotion to God is really being sort of the um, this motivator or key focus of our intimacy study. And the foundations of this is a very healthy fear of God and reverence and a very deep love of God foundation. It's the very thing that... Yet the, and then this whole picture of discipleship, which is what does this growth look like, grow in the grace and knowledge of our, what does it look like, is this holiness. It is dis- disciplines that are engaged, and obviously some of the demand of service and engaging the work of Christ. So we had talked about our, our objective last week is to becoming a disciplined person in no way, there's no shortcuts, essentially, that godliness except through discipline. And we also bridged that statement off of what we studied right before we took the break, which was is that those whom God loves, he disciplines. And that the context of that discipline was God's intervention in the disciplines in our lives for the purpose of goodness, purchase of righteousness, and being us, quote, uh, yeah. We had looked at uh, the First Timothy 4, 6 to 10 as sort of a framework and, and was uh, one of the key passages that I grabbed as, as, as sort of a core passage, and specifically in verse 7, where there is this exhortation, Timothy, to say, to, where Paul says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. In that study of 1 Timothy 4, as this, a, this letter to Timothy as being a pastoral, clearly does not in any way say it only applies to the pastors. It, it applies to us. One of the key verses in this is that ultimately, I think this is, the goal is, is that Paul wanted for Timothy to be excellent servant good servant, he refers to him. And by looking at all of the previous verses that come in there, the Bible specifically starts about apostasy and the importance of being in the Word and being able to know, to be able to address false teaching. And all of that describing this very solid servant of Christ that is has strong depth of doctrine, Right to be able to discern the ability to counter, be able to respond, and then also is that through those first few passages in there is the ability to warn, the ability to recognize error. Then it says, in pointing out these things, be a good servant, and then is constantly nourished on the words of faith and the sound doctrine which you have been following. I want to start with the word next week. I want to start with the word because this is where I sit within this framework of even this passage as I would see that what precedes this call to discipline yourself is really a foundation of the word. So we're going to start with some of 
looking at a couple of the, the more deep types of disciplines in the word, this contemplation aspect, the meditation. I shared with Mark, I think, yesterday, um, you know, I mentioned it last week, memorization, you know, I can't do it. I'm just not a sharp memory anymore. I can't remember things. Yet, I can look at a passage and know that in Satan took Jesus to the wilderness and tempted him with Scripture. He memorized Scripture, but for all for the wrong purposes. In that, and so, I, I, I don't want memorization to be, yeah, I got that verse. It's, it's the depth of the passage and how you would apply that. At specific times. That's just one example. So the discipline yourself for godliness is what should motivate us is that we uh, basically outlined in this first slide here is that eternal issues. What motivates us is that to recognize that there are eternal issues. Just think about Paul and what compelled him. What, when he would say, you know, we excel still more. For what? It is because he clearly knew everything about eternity. It was and the fact that that eternity motivates us to discipline ourselves for godliness, and the fact is, is that a salvation should motivate us because he was also compelled for sharing the gospel because of that for others. In other words, have that very same purpose. The fact is that of of the living God motivates us. That it's real. this Christian life and that picture we we shared briefly was this picture of discipleship. That from the very moment of your salvation until the day the Lord takes you to a period of discipleship. And I love this Luke passage where he says, and I think it's like nine, he says, consider the cost. Consider the cost, you know, take up your cross and follow me. There is this call to consider. Consider is to, as a bookkeeper, I sit down and I, I write my list, I calculate, calculate it. So is this, is that what we have to calculate is that the disciplines, holiness, and service is that we have to recognize the cost that's going to be involved. You open that door, I feel like the heat is... I know we're getting into the lesson, and that always happens, you know, we get a little heat. We must discipline ourselves regardless. So what is discipline? And again, I'm, at, this, at this point in our, our time last week, is just what is the disciplines part of the definition. And today we're going to try to expand that with spiritual disciplines. And so here we looked at this term, this... The actual Greek term, gymnazo, to train, to exercise, and it speaks of a r- rigor, strenuousness, self-sacrifice, to training. And very, very common terminology. They understood uh, all that would read, understood the culture of the time, that it was always about this training and the glory of winning specific events. Paul used those specifically because they could relate to those. And like today, we're going to go through some practical things of discussion about spiritual disciplines. Practical. It's not anything that is, you know, like, okay, here's directly what the, the mandate is. But yet, what I attempted to do was to try to make a, make a point and then sort of say, well, this is how I use Scripture. In other words, this Scripture kind of is where my head goes to motivate me, to encourage me, to exhort me, to show you that. Paul urged Timothy to discipline himself for the purpose of godliness. And so we began a, a, a long list of discipline as an ongoing process. Looking at that, where it's, we talked about his present tense, where he says in that passage of 1 Timothy, where he says, um, exercise yourself towards godliness. It's not exercised that you've already done it and you're already in shape. We're not there yet. It is a constant pursuit. So exercise means it never ends. It doesn't 
end. It's a lifelong process, lifetime. So, okay, here we go. How many of us have started those little exercise programs, you know, and stayed with it months, three months, five months, and then you go on vacation for two weeks, done, gone. Ever happened to anybody? Okay, it happens to all of us. So just use that as your example, because I am hopeful that you did pick it back up, right? You did get going again. Um, and what motivated you to do that? Oh, i got to do something about this, or I don't feel good, or whatever. Uh, what's the purpose of that motivation? Our, our focus study is that we just keep need to know where we got to keep going back to get the motivates us again. we got to keep being reminded of, oh, yeah, by the way, i, I got to get going on this workout program. Disciplines. you gotta, you got to be reminded of those things. Left to our own, it is so nice to be awesome. Body will say, we'll get up sometimes. Wide awake. If you get up at, at, and you work out, your body's saying, i never forget when you, you said this, Sam, a couple weeks ago. You said, your body wants to go fast on your bike. I think that's how you described it to me. I can't remember. But I thought about that, and I'm saying, like, your body is wants to do something. Your mind is, like, you know, but Discipline yourself for godliness. Discipline involves hard work, unfortunately. That is the truth. Accept it. We labor and strive, Paul says, for. And this laboring means weariness and exhaustion. Is this daily wrestling man. So does it mean that discipline comes natural? Discipline is something that which God and you both must get involved. God gives you the ability to control yourself. Here you go, spirits. The fruit, it is the outflow, it is from, it is led by the Spirit. But you have the capacity. Discipline yourself. We have a responsibility in the training when it's God in you. So what this exhortation is, is that it's a call where he's telling Timothy to exercise yourself for godliness. It just doesn't happen. You have to do something. We have to take a responsibility. Are you willing to pay the price? And I'm going to come back to these passages in 1 Corinthians 9. There are some awesome passages that are applicable in most of these exercise types of situations of spiritual disciplines. Go to them. Use them. Because those maybe could be at a, at a really a foundation of your memorization. Just use those to say, okay, I'm in this race. Training. Discipline, which is sort of where we started ending up last week. Discipline means discarding hindrances. It's this Hebrews 12, uh, 1 passage where it says that to set aside all of us. And this word uh, we talked about was this casting offering, the encumbrances that intrinsically may not be wrong, but do they help you grow? So in other words, the example I think we shared last week is it's okay to do things, but if does it is it necessary and does it really advance you in something that you're not in any way saying relaxation are things. Not at all. But it's simply knowing that even those that are in heavy training are... Right, Mark? Does that, does that work? Yes. Okay. Um, and so why? Because the, the, it is a race. In Hebrews, he refers to it, uh, run the race with endurance. So he refers to it as a race. And he refers to it as a, an endurance race. This is this picture of the ball. And so to make it successfully, it's self-discipline, sustained motivation, effort. And this is where we... I want to jump ahead if I could, and I'm going to come... I want to go to this verse here if I... Oh, if you have your passages, because this is just a little extra credit for... I couldn't... 
and I just want to rip through it without going back. So I had to, I brought the verse in, he well, one to three passage uh, Bible there, because I wanted to just kind of go back to what all of part of the introduction is that what are you in for, and how do we? I referenced in this, how do you gauge self-discipline? How do you sustain this motivation, and how do you endure it? So someone could read Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, just out loud, because we're going to kind of talk a little bit about some of the points in here real quick. I'm not going to go through every part of it to keep us moving. Also lay aside sinners against himself. Thanks, To keep us moving. Put up all my one page, five slide pages of all the notes. So, that so our next, uh, again, these are discipline uh, sort of statements. So discipline means keeping your eyes on the goal. And keeping your eyes on the goal. Obviously, you could see why I, I, I brought this to this, um, this picture of seeing that passage in Hebrews 12, where, again, it is fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. So it is this looking onto Jesus. So where are your eyes? And so here's a couple of just, I want to say, just sort of... A, Things to just kind of takeaways from this little passage as it relates specifically to this statement. So the goal is clear. It's godliness. And godliness is the goal in here. And we know that we're in this marathon. We need to implement self-discipline. How? We're going to talk about that. How do you maintain uh, this effort and to sustaining? And how do we get re-motivated or energized as we encounter things? So, let's, first of all, first thing to run the race is just some takeaways from that Hebrews passage. Is that we saw last week is that it's this call to, to lay aside. So, you've got to lay aside all of these encumbrances. Anything that's going to weigh you down, pull it. Identify them and do something about it. That term in the, in the Greek, it's a, it's, a, it's a shutting off. It's getting rid of the clothes so that it is nothing that's going to hinder you. It says that we must run the race. <laughs> must run the race with endurance. So, here as it applies to you. Okay? So, I want you to keep the good... I'm going to ask it first of all in the form... It's said in there that... Look, in verse 1, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So, what is the race? It's the race. Okay? All right? Now, is that look different? Yes. Yes. Here's, this is my, t- my takeaway on this. It's, I just want you to recognize that, or maybe I'll restate another question. Who sets your course, right? Who sets your course? So you went on a, on a bike trip. So Bill set that course, right? You might have questioned a couple of moves he made, you know, because bills or anything like that. But he set the course. So when, it's, when you look at that passage, and it says again in there that, so, um, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. It is this greater race towards godliness, but yet God sets the course. I want you to remember that, okay? So if God sets the course, it's, again, based on every single circumstance you see. And think about that, because the image that I have is that within a marathon is that they do hills, Uphill, they go. Down. They do. They go a lot of different places, right? It is not just a on one road straight. It is all over the place. So God does set that course. 
Dave. Yeah. One quick question out of this, but the race that he <laughs> <laughs> along the way. I just it just dawned on me. I'm like the race that he has for us. But some I'm a, I might be running a race that this is what I'm gonna do. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, yes. I just okay. Because yeah. a little while. That's gonna be one of the points. Okay. So in other words, we're gonna it's the Holy Spirit that gets us back on whether it's a spiritual highway, whether it's a course, it's the Holy Spirit that gets us back on because we're going the long way. Kind of working it. And, but yet, we're running. We're running. We're just running sometimes a love course. So that, that to me is, yeah, that's the answer. Okay. Uh, we have to run. Course is set, but also, yeah. so remember I, we talked about the previous one, your responsibility part of it is that you're in it. You have to run that race. God sets the course, but we also have a responsibility. Our part is that we have to run. Okay, here's the other part of this that I just wanted to share with you on this. Because the image I had was this marathon, all right? So I'm running the marathon, and this was one of my foolish ones. I didn't train really good for it. Train really good. So I'm at the 20 to 20, this was a long, long time ago, by the way. So I'm running it, and I hit that, what they refer to as the wall, the wall okay? That wall is re- everything. You have no energy, you, your muscles like to start to shut down in that process. So at that, at that point, is I'm going like, I have another race. Tim Rooney, ever be in the frontals, you know, in the back of my mind, because he was along the way. Along the way, and he saw me. He saw that I was in distress. <laughs> and he came alongside of me, and he just encouraged me, walked with me, said words after words of just kind of coaching me up, and I followed a grade of wisdom <laughs> along your course. Okay? Just think of them. Go through the list, and, he, and anywhere in Hebrews 11, grab one. They can be a motivator for you to say, I can, I can finish. The- Look at those examples. He says, that's how he starts off. And he says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let's go. So I want you to, to just have that, that as an important takeaway, because it is this community that <laughs> support, cloud witness, that encouragement that you need gives us this but he then also redirects it. That really is something because this cloud of witnesses. How does how does that author of Hebrews direct it? He says you have these as an encouragement. Says focus on perfecter of our faith. That perfecter of faith is those that ultimately this is the key motive. This is the one. I just love this this picture because it just it shows us. It redirects us. And I couldn't go past this passage talked about eyes on the goal without going back to Hebrews 12 as sort of this. So this godliness is this goal, and it expresses the reality of its reverence, devotion, and it points to a person, has their eyes on the goal, going in conformity to see this hope that we have. And this is the Hebrews 12 passage where later on it talks about this is what it looks like. Same time is that it also ad- addresses Jesus as perfect one. The fact is, is that we're going to experience some of the same types of, of challenges in this pursuit of godliness in our disciplines. But yet he is saying that he, in, 
looking into Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So we have to redirect. Redirect the focus is on what was his focus? The joy. Joy. That is, I first of all, self-discipline is the key uh, to godly living. And I'm giving a message that, that sort of, that's, um, discipline means managing your time in line with your goals. First Timothy 4, and I, I'm, if you look, not, you can't see this in here, but I'm just kind of asking an implication of it. First Timothy 4, 7 and 8, when he is saying this, but reject profane old wise fables and exercise your twelfth yourself towards godliness, for bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is, and is of that which is to come. What time span is that? Long time. Right. Right. And so, though it's not directly in the text, would you conclude that it's a logical necessity that if, just again, if you study Paul, Paul came across to me as a being a pretty... Uh, strategic, very logical, very organized, uh, a man that could set priorities. So that's, to me, is, he says, disciplining your, and manage your time is in line with your goals. So if we're going to set out to engage us in a more depth in our disciplines in our life, we've got to look at schedule. Everybody's got a schedule, right? You have that schedule, you manage it. All those specific things into context. It talks about reprioritization. It's the statement. Discipline is not... Uh, 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 the pursuit of godliness requires sustained and vigorous effort. Make every effort. Press on. Uh, especially in the, in the New Testament scripture, it's just replete with examples of words that can be motivating words. Make every effort. Be diligent. <laughs> Press on. All great examples. At the same time, the pursuit of godliness must be anchored in the grace of God Otherwise, it will fail. First, uh, Corinthians 15.10. Paul writes, uh, first, For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of but, but, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored. There is this striving. It is the discipline. I labored more abundantly than not I, but the grace of God, which we, you can't help but read that and just see, for example, really the extent of his, his ministry, all in, completely. Yet it was challenging, and yet he himself would say is that, look, it is not me. He is, is accessing this grace of God and acknowledging the grace of God in that. So this pursuit, it needs to be anchored in that grace. Now I want you to recognize that you have to have this balance. And this balance of if, if legalism can so easily creep into any effort on your part when it comes to engaging or cultivating disciplines in such a way, especially when you start looking at what my last statement was, setting the priorities, right? I'm going to say, alright, I'm going to give you 50. This is it, but then I always still want to make time because I like to read the paper. important to know what's happening with one example. Is that when we look at this, is that we have to be careful about the legalism. I can't, I can't speak for you on this. You have to know that threshold. You know it. Because if, if we seek the Spirit, seek the Lord's leading in this effective that God would have, recognize your border, boy, right on the border here. Threshold of people being a, a consideration of the good day, bad day perspectives. One of the things that uh, 
actually learning from my wife. That is sort of the good day, bad day type of perspective, which is, so what does a good day look like? What does a bad day look like? Isn't any. Have this proper perspective. But yet we, you kind of look at it, it's sort of like, okay, what is it that's becoming a, what is it that's, that you're up on? All you got to do is to focus on, I'm distressed about that, oh, that this person. Simply, it is a mind of Christ type of, of, of see it. I just throw this up here is because part of our disciplining, especially in anchoring it in God's grace, is that God's, only God's grace gives you the capacity and the ability to be able to recognize that we're going to have real bad spiritual days where all of a sudden we just say, I'm hopeless. It's not going to, it's not going to, you know, I, I have failed today. And by the grace of God, that failure may have very well been the discipline that God was implementing in your life, right? And yet exposing things in your life. Does that make some connection on that? And I just throw it out there as just a, a consideration in a very practical type of, of an example. Yet, all within this sphere of grace. And the fact is that about this sloppy living type of thing, it's sort of like, well, do I really need to discipline myself? Flavor. It's sort of this grace type of, you know, like, okay, I don't need to live in this place like, I am what I am. In fact, I'll quote Paul on that one. That's, this is what you get. See, what you've just described is a spiritual discipline. In fact, I would label it as a discipline of grace. So, this is one one's that's the perfect example. It, you have implemented now a process, a grid, a good day, bad day grid. It's the grid of grace. And so that's a discipline. That's one perfect example of a discipline of grace. Exercising grace in your life. See, through circumstantially every day. Sorry, Mark, I didn't mean to no, cut no, you off. No, no. Forgive me. <laughs> You're looking around like, oh, where is he? I got it. Uh, he is off on a total side road here. Okay. I don't even know how to phrase Well, it's encouraged around me. There's outside forces, and a lot of them are short. And, um, short people. Yeah, they're very short people, but they take a whole... It's just, oh, it's them. Right. Wait, uh, way I would answer it, that this is like the, like the practical thing. So it's basically framing back up the gospel. Reminders of very core, God demonstrates his love sinner. So with that, it's that what I, I go there to find, and that to me starts to all of a sudden recognize that I'm coming to desiring this intimacy with God, discipline more and more. So exercise. So that's, that might be one example. How then do you, because you made the statement at the beginning. I'm going to come back to answer your question. Your flesh, spirit is willing doesn't change. And so our goal is to continue to our life this nourishing part. I got a, a bridge to that because it's awesome. So I want to finish up from last week real quick here. This discipline is not driving yourself re- uh, realistically. It's not driving yourself. Again, as I referenced earlier, because sometimes our flesh will drive it where we're ahead. And it's of a flesh. It's a fleshly type of drive. And so therefore you say, well, you know, I cannot rest. That's not the case. There has to be this balance that you're going to have. And don't make it so rigid that you really, really miss what God is doing. So focused on it. And I can give you some very personal examples that it's silly, you know, because I would try to drive myself to say, okay, I'm going to read this, the Bible in four months. Rip into it and I'm going like, okay, I did it. Okay, so what? <laughs> did I get anything? And what did God do in that? I had no grid that I processed it through. 
So it was never really a discipline. exercise to for a wrong purpose. Just an example. So <clears throat> just be mindful. This rigid part of it, in, in the two passages uh, that I, I, I sort of just highlighted here, only because I am, they live in my same house. Okay, Mary and Martha live together in our house. Guess who would be the Martha? All right? <laughs> and you could guess who is the Mary. Because they're missing it. I, I love that, that reminder in Luke 10, where it's, you, know, you guys know the passage in there. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part might be taken away from It was sitting at the feet of Jesus. It wasn't the task. And I just share that one, uh, one example because it's very practical for me. You see how, I, in other words, I can relate specifically to that passage in a way uh, when I would approach disciplines, I wouldn't be a Martha. My efforts and my diligence, because I'm going like, I can do that. What I'm learning about the discipline is that i got to focus on the things that I'm not real good at. Our tendency just goes like, okay, we're going to do, or I'm, you know, oh, I can do this, this, and this. That's not where you start. In fact, you don't need to focus as much on the Focus on the areas, because your flesh will say, yeah. just a couple of, so the flesh can abuse a good goal. Okay, I'm going to segue real quick here. It's second PowerPoint. Slides for today. Laughing. So I'm starting off part two with the, uh, I repeated that spiritual disciplines introduced. And that's sort of why I want to spend our time. And I'm not going to panic because if we don't get through all of this, it will transition into our practicum next week. So, so <clears throat> what we do is can we look at the introduction. This is where we left uh, your last page, last point. on. But spiritual disciplines, I liked this uh, quote. Spiritual disciplines are not the desired end product of a spiritual life. Rather, they are a means to an end. No effective spiritual ministry or rich apart from personal godliness. And so as we saw in that one slide, that ministry is sort of this outflow. And this was the quote I, I liked. Spiritual ends can be achieved only by spiritual men who employ spiritual. So what are my passages that help me? Okay, so in other words, when I would get a practical, make a find a practical statement that we're sharing as a group, what would be a verse that would, you know, I need a verse. I need a verse to help me to this. So, the intentional development of spiritual life and intimacy with God. 1 Timothy 4 6. Really, our, our key verse that I've used to godliness. Discipline yourself for godliness. 2 Timothy 3 15. What, how, we know that this is the the Iwano verse, right? Present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But what precedes that is what? Be diligent. Discipline yourself to present yourself approved to God. Okay? So, again, as far as these, as we look at disciplines, I'm looking at, I take the word diligent. Be diligent to present yourself. That is action. That's engagement on my part. It's not just knowing the word. Yeah, I've read the word. It's being able to then take the word and being able to rightly divide the word of truth. The core is the word that the of that self. Spirit's leading is the ability to be able to then. So, do you see the perseverance part of it? Do you see energy 
you know, like there's a zeal that you see behind this. And this it's all about accomplishing this goal. You saw here. First Peter chapter two, verse two. Lay aside all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire pure milk of the word. For what reason? That you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted. If you've tasted of God's grace, then grow by it. And so the, to me is that these are just, again, verses that are motivating verses. The reminders for me of this and, and describes this intentional part of what my role will be as I approach these disciplines. And it is a, literally this picture of the life that I should have all the way until originally that we may, forwarding to the end of second letter, but grow in grace and knowledge of our, the intimacy with God, which is focus. It's a picture that I shared with you last week of what it begins to look like this is engaged in our lives. So, let's come up with some, some definitions. Practical definitions of what we would say spiritual disciplines, very practical types of concepts and considerations, and then let's look at some passages that, again, help me to understand this practical perspective. So, what is a spiritual disciplines? Self-imposed routine or actions that cultivate spiritual health and develop spiritual growth Leading self-imposed. It is this be diligent. I'm doing this. It's a root. They are then repetitious. They're they're doing it. A couple of the passages um, that I again I've marked here because these are key types of motivating and reminder passages. First Corinthians nine. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, all run. So it is self-imposed actions that cultivate. And so you go on, but one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. There is the goal. And everyone who competes for the prize is tempered in all things. Self-control. Control, discipline is engaged in that process of being able to run. Now they do it to obtain a perishable, uh, perishable crown, but we, for an imperishable, imperishable crown, eternity. Remember, eternity was at stake. Therefore I run thus, as not without uncertainty, Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but as a plin body. I exercise my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I disqualify. 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 and 5. This is, therefore, there, you therefore must endure hardship. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no one regard the warfare entangles himself with the affairs of the life, that he may please him who enlisted. And also, if anyone competes in the athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Hard-working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. It is self-imposed. It is this, he's describing essentially that to be strong, in verse 1 he says what? Be strong in the grace that is in Christ. And the things that you've heard from among witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others. And therefore, he says, therefore, repetitious actions that are driven by spiritual decisions. Proverbs 3, 7, 8. And it basically says, just do not be wise in your own, your own eyes. Do not be wise in your own eyes. The preceding verses are my, some of my favorite passages, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which is, again, it's trusting in the Lord, and he's going to direct your path. 
here he's then he's reminding on this thing again is that you're making a specific decision on this is to again rise in your own eyes. Spiritual exercises to develop spiritual rhythms or like a tempo was the image that I had. That first Corinthians nine, I, I Paul uses the the image of he says not without certainty, right? And he says also with not not what beating the air. So what is your image of that boxer? But you ever try to hit a, a lock, you know the, this? I can't can't do it. I, I just couldn't do it real good. I don't have that rhythm down, you know. So you kind of I kind of beat it like this, you know, and then I, and it'll come back and hit me in the head, you know, or something. So the picture I have is it's, it's a rhythm. You can just see it. they just kind of get a rhythm going like this and a real good tempo in this. And so the picture that I have when Paul is saying is, is that look. If you're running the race, and he is running it and preparing for this, not without certainty, but in a very specific type of way that is without uncertainty. It's calculated. It is planned. At the same time, he's not beating the air. It's not a waste. It's It's this spiritual rhythm. So here's my, it's the pulse, right? You kind of just get a pulse going, right? I've been with Mark, you know, and he's on the golf course, and he's like hot. So, Mark. Not very often. <laughs> so he's he's hitting it, and he it's like hitting every green. Close. He's got a couple birdies. A tempo, because that particular day his swing is just like in a really. Other days, we both Mark know is that not because we're out of sync, we're out of rhythm. I just share this because these disciplines practically are to develop that rhythm, that tempo. How does it happen, Mark? Right? Practice, practice, practice. Um, so I was a little envious, you know, watching the fire shooting. So I'm going like, oh, yeah, he probably hits 3,000 golf balls a day. You know, so it's that repetition. But then we started talking about Yasmin's right? <laughs> <laughs> There's no shortcuts, right? Right? I'll answer our own question. We were, I, that was my takeaway when you said that. I'm going like, yep. It's the guy holding it. Spiritual rhythms is kind of this picture. Um, these are called disciplines because they are not the natural. That's the thing you can go back to Connie, you were saying, like, this, we just, our bodies don't want to do it. Physical discipline on the op- includes this developmental exercises with an order of the body and mental attitudes. Spiritual disciplines are developmental exercises that take us into a spiritual realm. So it's not about physical, right? You know what? Um, I had two cups of coffee. You can already tell this morning, I'm a little charged up. I get excited about the word. But you know what? It's hard to sustain it because you'll see me tonight. I'll just Physical is different than spiritual. And so this is a developmental. Spiritual disciplines has that same type. So in other words, picture this, but now we apply it into spiritual realm is that that's the goal, is to get you into that spiritual mindset. There, they need to, uh, disciplines, be, I need them because it's about the choices. So they are disciplines because I need to make conscious choice to engage in them. They are not what I would do otherwise. And this is this Matthew twenty six forty one, which is what I already said, that verse. Jesus himself said, he said, hey, to disciples, watch and pray. Okay? So watch with me and pray. It was a call for them to engage in the spiritual discipline of prayer with Jesus and to watching. We'll talk about what that watching means. What are they? And he made a statement. They couldn't do it, could they? Fall asleep. 
the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. Oops, sorry, Mark. To what we said at the planet, or not to have your eye on the goal, yeah. but that runner can be eye on the goal and not knowing that he us is part of this motivation. <clears throat> there are times that I don't feel like doing much, and the disciplines help us to provide a structure and methodology, help us carry that otherwise would more of my spiritual health. Example of this. There are times when I don't feel like doing what I know to be necessary for my spiritual health. We've all read scripture. We know. We know God's word. We understand. We got good, we're good on doctrine, right? We got it. We know the, the two do's. But we're, our, our, don't. We ignore those. Even though, you know, sometimes it takes that that heart attack, it takes the fact that you've got a problem before you seek medical help. Sometimes it's kind of late. So here's my verse. The picture, and it's one of my favorite stories in Acts, is the shipwreck story, where, where Paul is describing the shipwreck, right? In Acts chapter 27 outlines it. But there was this, this place, in, in, as he was describing it, if you remember, where Paul says, because... They would not. They weren't eating, were they? Everyone on the ship. They were so distressed about everything that was happening. They were concerned for their lives, and Paul already knew all along they were going to make it. No one was going to be hurt. But at the same time, what did he? He knew that they were not eating. They were not looking out for their physical health. So apply that to a spiritual situation. And then what he did is, I love this statement. He says, I urge you to take nourishment for this is for your survival. Quote. I love that passage. Because this is exactly the application as we look at spiritual disciplines. God is saying, is that look, left to our own, we won't eat. Don't, or we don't eat like we should. Because we're distressed about something else. And Paul clearly focused on the goal and to keep us running, says, take and eat. Nourishment. So spiritual disciplines are not the same as spiritual maturity. And that's the kind of a statement here is that we think, oh, I know what the goal is, so I must be mature. Wrong. Disciplines are intended to enable and foster spiritual growth. Maturity, remember, must be by the Spirit. So, can lay out the course, the Spirit's got to yield by the growth. That's the Galatians passages. That's Second Timothy one, where he is saying it is for the for you know, God has not given us a spirit of timidity of but the power of his resurrection and the this you know the sound mind after uh, this classroom. So I, I um, getting us there, we're getting better on this. Uh, as we kind of look ahead to this is that um, I want to finish up some of these I think are really key to framing it up. Identifying some of the spiritual disciplines, I just pulled off some lists of some practitioners that have put together um, books and things about spiritual disciplines. I'm not using those as a, necessarily as a resource, but just to show you that there's, it's not a, there's not a list. There's not one. And my comment here is, is that it's not about one being right or wrong. It's really just about how do we use these some of the, the principles themselves. And, for example, like I just shared with Mark earlier in his statement, is that I haven't added there isn't grace on this list. But it, me, it is a discipline. It is a discipline of grace. So, anyway, it just sort of shows that there's not a textbook. Here is our, our textbook. 
And I will pick up with this briefly next week, and then we'll transition next week into more of a practicum approach and application to some of specific disciplines that can serve as sort of a, a template for you. I ask you to close this in prayer. I'd love it. Thanks. Amen.